You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. You are now entering Magnified Studios. Welcome. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents It's Hard to Find a Podcast. Covering your favorite indie bands from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Put your tape decks on record. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. And I think it's probably safe to say that you and I are both healthier than the last time we recorded. Trying. Um, I think one of us is maybe a little bit more well-rested than the other for that a long deserved break that you have right now. Mm. Um, but we also have spring right mm. around the corner. We got Amen. some 16, 70 degree days coming our way here in Minnesota. I don't know what it's looking like for you. We haven't had uh, snow in, in weeks and weeks and I know you guys have it very recently so is it <laughs> is it melting or what what's going on yeah it's melting it was like it was on April Fool's Day and, I'm, and I kept seeing these these reports of snow on and I'm like what if this was just a big old lull right. well, like the weather service is like lol JK, we're just trolling we're just yeah. trolling you and then we just got dumped this it was so heavy. The snow was super, super heavy. Yeah. And it like you drive around the neighborhoods and like there'd be branches and trees down because it was the snow was so heavy. Yeah. And I'm like, this is why you don't snow in, in April because right. it's barely snow and it's just, you know, a billion pounds. And this just makes me extra grateful that I took that tree down in my front yard last fall. Because yeah, for real. that shit would have been fallen on my house or even worse, my neighbor's house. And yeah, that would have been a disaster. Well, as Prince reminded us, sometimes it snows yes. in April. Yes, uh, he did. So this does happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I saw that this is the third most snow uh, in Minnesota winter history this year. Did so. it? Did it get that? Get that high? Yeah. It just seems it's, like it kept coming every time. I would. I know it's rude. Yeah. It it got cold early this year and it's yeah. sticking around until April. So yeah. But I'm I'm hoping that we had, you know, every, for those of you not in the Midwest, we have something that's we refer to as um, false spring or yes. second winter. Right. When you have that that initial kind of like warm up, and you're like, "Oh man, we made it! This is sort of the turning point." Mm-hmm. And then the Midwest ha- <laughs> Midwest has other plans, and yeah. you get uh, more cold days, or in our case, get more snow. And yep. so now we, you know, we had our false spring, and mm-hmm. now we have maybe, maybe Ugh. actual spring <laughs> I coming hope so. up. Yeah. You all have earned it up there. I hope I, uh, I hope spring comes soon. And yes, we're we're feeling we're over our colds. We're, yep. we're feeling a little more hopeful. You know, it's, spring's around the corner. So yeah. Do you know what else is right around the corner? Is <laughs> this that? is this glass of wine that I'm going to pour for myself? Mm, yes. 
you know, you know what I'm feeling grateful for as well is uh, saying red, fuck red it. <laughs> yes. Uh UB40 on the <laughs> podcast today. Hey, I um, I be 40, UB39. Hey yo. Nailed it. Um I took tomorrow off of work because it's been uh more than just one week. It has been uh, a number of weeks yeah. for me and I'm just tired. Yeah. And everybody on my team is like just really tired right now. Yeah. And like my boss, she was like she's like I think after our meeting to our team meeting, we should all just go home and like take a nap. Mm. She's like separately of course, but you know like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just everybody was just in that mood. So yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's unrelated to the unrelenting snow. Uh maybe that adds <laughs> to the general malaise up there right now. But uh yeah, did I did I uh send a uh, an email to my psychiatrist this week and did I use the word on we? I sure <laughs> did. Oh man. <laughs> um if you're if you live in the Midwest, you are you just t- tend to have at this point yeah just uh you're just tired and yeah i'm i'm just oh i'm over i just i mean yeah so here's my cheers california cap sav mm. mm. um i'm finishing this bottle because i'm an adult and i do what i want that's right uh i'm an adult <laughs> Um. Yeah, you don't have work tomorrow. Welcome to the real world, jackass. <laughs> we were just saying off mic that uh, you know, maybe we should every time we record take the next day off. Um, and you know, we your boys feeling loose. We can yeah. have some wine. I I have nothing as exciting tonight. I got just a big old thing of water. But yep, I do have the uh, aforementioned uh daily vacation these days. That's um, true. Because, uh, yeah, as we said, I turned 40. I then went on a week-long trip to California, the land where your wine is from. Yep. And then I started a three-month sabbatical um, where I don't do anything. So <laughs> I'm ready to podcast whenever. I'm ready to uh, hang out if people want to hang out. Uh, but no, it's uh, it feels very glorious after, as we were saying, a lot of... Uh, Many, many weeks of stress uh, in a row for years. Uh, so <laughs> earning some time off feels really good. Yeah. Um, 40 felt scary and now feels good. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. living into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, this uh, this trip I went on was pretty great. Um, stayed with a friend of the pod, Patreon Punk, early guest, Tyler Day mm-hmm. uh, in San Diego. They have uh, two kids, about our kid's age. They have a pool in their freaking backyard. Um, you know, that's California. Speaking of weather, has had had some trouble too. It was like cold and rainy up until yeah we got there, and then basically the whole time we were there, it was great. And then it got kind of rainy and cold when we left. So we pretty much lucked out. Um, but it was nice to just you know, even if it wasn't like super hot, like just go sit in the backyard in some sun first thing in the morning. Okay. Put your feet in the pool. I was like, man, this is life. Why are we doing what we're doing? Um. And that was great. And then we spent a couple nights in LA. That was wonderful. Um, did some Hollywood sites and yeah, checked out the uh, Griffith Griffith Observatory and looked over the city and did a birthday dinner at this uh 
old Hollywood restaurant, Musso and Frank's, which you might know from some movies. Um, the yeah. Griffith Observatory. I guess the movie that I mostly associate with that is Rebel Without a, Rebel Cause. Without a Cause. It's probably the most famous one. Yeah. yeah. There is a James Dean statue on site oh, is there? there. Yeah, where you can take your pick with uh, James. Um, yeah. But no, it's a, it's such a cool spot. Um, you know, you can see the Hollywood sign there mm. and look out over the whole city. And um, yeah, man, it was great. We We did some of the sort of, you know, Hollywood got to see him things, but then we also with all the normies <laughs> with the normies. We spent like you know half an hour on like the Hollywood walk in front of the Chinese theater and stuff, and we we're like, all right, it's time to get the fuck out of here and do, go do something <laughs> else. And this, uh, see any, see any cool stars like as in like uh, actual stars on the thought Dolly Parton's that was a good one. Dope. Um, I mean, we saw a bunch, you know, we did the whole like look at the handprints and footprints and all that. And you see pretty sure. much like everybody, but yeah, some of the stars you're like, who is that? Um, but you know, <laughs> kind of see all the legit ones too. And they're like strategically placed where, you know, the important ones are near the sites. And then you get a couple blocks away and it's like, I don't remember that particular <laughs> person. Um, yeah. I but, also uh, remember, I, I was it like, it's been in like the past couple of years. I feel like that, Trump's star just keeps getting destroyed. Oh yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> People, People taking like, like burning sl- it and stuff, yeah. sledgehammers and shit. To yeah, it. did not spy his star. Um, supposedly, the letters on Trump Tower in Chicago may be coming off. The city council is trying to. Oh my gosh, they're still up. Oh, they're still up, baby. Oh, um, man, but there's a law where, like, if a person has convinced convicted of a crime they can have their like designation removed from a public place or something Hell so they're, yeah. like trying to do that so i don't know Hell we'll see yeah. what happens um but uh yeah it was great spent uh the night of this uh, birthday observed dinner um went out to a couple places and we went to this place davy wayne's which i don't know if any of our socal friends know but it was like this cool bar where you enter in through um a fridge with like a Miller light sign over it. <laughs> like that's the entrance to the place. Nice. Um, and then at midnight, a band comes on and, you know, did some, uh, kind of, you know, classic sing along hits, but it was midnight and we were, you know, 40 ish and all kind of falling asleep, but we really <laughs> pushed hard. And then, uh, I don't know what else did we do? It was just a, it was a really great time. We kids went surfing, um, spent a lot of time in the water. Um, uh, I'm sure there's other great things that happened. I'm forgetting them all now, but it was a really great week away. Got to kind of um, check into my new post-working headspace and just kind of feel the oh, vibes yeah. for what it's going to be like to not work for a while. So Hell yeah. Next week, uh, Jenny booked me a cabin near Eau Claire, Wisconsin, um, yes. which has just been named uh, one of the like hottest unknown towns in the country or something like that, where it's like they're calling it the new Austin because of the Bon Iver yeah. influenced kind of music scene that's built up there. So I'm excited to check that out. And I'm doing, I can't remember how much of this I've said, but whatever. Uh, I'm doing two nights away at this like tiny house cabin in the middle of the woods by myself, which I'm like, man, I can't remember the last time I've done anything like this for that amount of time alone. So really looking forward to that. 
Yeah, I made. I'm pretty sure I made some joke about you writing your cabin core record while you're oh, there. Of course, yes, yes. I will. I will get right to work on that. Uh, Disney was the other thing I, I mentioned, or that I didn't mention that we did. Oh, sure. We went to Disneyland. Um, write my Disney core record. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty great. I don't know. I'd I'd been to Disney World, but never Disneyland. And we uh got to go to Galaxy's Edge and check that out. Nice. And that was rad. And Mando came over and talked to us and Grogu yeah. was moving around in there. And I was like, how are they doing this? Um, and he talked to the kids and took a picture. And then there was like a whole scene that played out where Kylo Ren, like stopped walking in the middle of the crowd and like pointed at Elliot and was like, you've been talking to the resistance, haven't you? And like, <laughs> uh, the stormtroopers were like, yes, sir. This is what we were telling you about. And like did a whole little scene. I don't know, dude, it was just rad. It was a good time. We went to a Avengers campus and the, uh, uh, Dora Milaje, uh led the kids in like some Wakanda exercise moves. Uh, oh, dope! It was a good time. Um, so recommend California. <laughs> that's my <laughs> that's my takeaway. Um, looking forward to cabin times. Mm. Just you know, you're getting the best of both worlds there. You're getting the the big old right. like you know touristy California experience now the like isolated secluded alone quiet time uh, it's pretty great that's great soaking man. it in um perhaps this uh stage of calm will end soon when we move question mark <laughs> so <laughs> yeah possibly moving soon who knows uh maybe it'll be snowing in May when I move up there with you um <laughs> Man, we'll see what happens, man. Dude, you can't uh, play with my heart like that. <laughs> I will be up there it's, at some point. I know. I Jenny know. and I were just looking at something today where like, we do this so much with like anything that we look at that's like in the <laughs> summer or in the fall at this point. We're like, I mean, well, should we commit to this thing? Where will we be? And she's just like, no, we're done. We're moving. We'll be there. We need to stop like, yeah. doing this like game. So it, it'll, it'll, it's happening. So Hell we just yeah. don't know when. So Yes. Anyway. <sighs> Ugh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna well, be I'm gonna be in that basement with you soon, bud. Dude, yeah. That's that's when John and I are doing our our horror punk <laughs> surf rock band. Yeah. The podcast <laughs> might slowly morph into a <laughs> into a making of horror making, punk band. Podcast. Making of album about um surfing vampires and, that's right. and and rock and roll werewolves. Oh man. Speaking of which, uh I can't. I'm going to say this 20 times on this episode. I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast or not because the last several months are blur. Have we talked about Patreon Punk Eric Gentry's Hatman song on Mike yet? I don't think we have. I think it came. We we heard it like, yeah, maybe January or February. Okay. Well, but I don't think we've talked about. I don't think because I, th- I thought he was saying to like at that at that point like keep it on the dl or something I think we like can, that i think we can talk about the fact that the song exists okay uh, but we we're, we've been asked not to play it quite yet sure um but uh but our dude eric um wrote an amazing song about the hat man uh inspired by my experience uh with this terrible demon um <laughs> and it's it's catchy and it's creepy and the plan is i believe for for is being the adorkables to do a full version of it. Um, so when when it's when it's proper and it's time to share it, we certainly yes. will. But he he sent me an updated version recently too, where he kind of 
beefs it up a little more. Nice. I'll just send that over to you. But it's so good, man. I can't wait to share it. I mean, yeah, the the, the rough the rough edit uh, version demo version was still super super great. Pretty great. So more uh, more horror mm. punk coming everyone's way soon. Hell yeah! On that note, I'm gonna pour mm. myself some more wine. Last number you know, two. Yeah. So. I as we were getting ready to sign on to start, mm. I got a notification from New York Times. You know, have their like digital subscription or whatever, mm-hmm. and saw this headline: "Moderate drinking has no health benefits." Analysis of decades of research finds. Okay. The review found that the methodology of many previous studies was flawed. And that risk of myriad health problems increased significantly after less than two drinks a day for women and after three for men. So that's stuff about like red wine being, you know, kind of good for your heart and all that. The risks to men increased significantly at 45 grams of alcohol a day or just over three drinks. I just I just want to have like a thing that like I, I sometimes yeah. I just want to have a have some drinks and oh. Fucking nerds ruining it for me. <laughs> nobody, nobody asked for this study to be done. All right, <laughs> New York Times. Um, yeah, no, this is. I'm not. I'm. I am in no way saying that sobriety or not drinking is er, for nerds or whatever. I'm just saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have. I don't have vices. You know, sure. like, and if I want to have some, some, you know drinks and and stuff every once in a while you know and then yeah. i can't even have like every everything's a bummer in the news just let me have some wine just let me have yeah. my my beers yeah i think that's fair just let me <laughs> i what's the i'm scared about how much i need wine is yeah that, is that you right now <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much me um and a pocket of popcorn or whatever she says <laughs> um yeah i mean i uh like you're stressed. People deserve a reward in times of stress, and I think moderate right. wine consumption. There are there are many worse uh, vices to be had, but yeah, I will say a long time staple of the pod, right, uh, was beer or something else and candy pretty much every week, and right. that was also you know a lot of the pod has been during COVID. AKA the time when I punished my body uh, by <laughs> yeah. way of thinking I was rewarding it for like years on end. So yeah, I think for a long time I was like, I'm so fucking stressed. I've earned this drink. I've earned this candy. And then like, it turns out like three years of that is not super good for you. No, so I've been trying to cool it with that. Although I will say, um, uh, rating my children's holiday, candy collections has also been a staple of the pod and for sure we were putting together their easter baskets tonight and i was like it would be so easy to pocket some of this and bring it down to, yeah uh, to the stewed in the basement and, and and rate some candy with you tonight but i've just got my water here yeah uh, i think the scientists can shut up and you can enjoy your wine and yeah. uh you know we'll, we'll just we'll, we got we got to reward ourselves in the ways that we that we can yeah i i've i've been saying for a while that I'm trying uh-huh. to do uh to do less sad drinking, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. But <laughs> I I saw some stand up clip 
um, from this from this dude about uh, growing up in the Midwest and and drinking in the Midwest and how like when you, you go out to California and meet people out there and they they see how people from the Midwest drink, they're like they immediately are like you need to go to rehab, <laughs> and it's like he's like yeah you know because um, he talks about just like in 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 the midwest you like you drink to get through the winter you're like right, you're just right. and then like when it's, it's finally like the nice weather comes around you're like oh man it's so nice out i gotta go, <laughs> go outside and drink go pound some beers outside <laughs> i know right yeah. it's just no, like I mean, it's, it's not a healthy dynamic but no it's, it's true of uh of food too in the midwest right we're just like bring on those portions uh yeah. carb centric we're, we're yeah. pounding to get to to warm up in these in these cold times i know California doesn't need to like, you know, pound a bunch of different starches to <laughs> get through anything out there. But no, yeah, especially if you're in weather that's consistently highlighting a lack of clothing. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Or you know, for us out here, it's nothing but you know hoodies and right. jeans and sweat flannel, and you're fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we're fooling anybody. Mm. Um. It all looks great under my giant hoodies. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> you know what? Something that we haven't been doing in any level of moderation is mm. voicemails or emails. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Solid transition. You know, we had that just a long ass break yeah. after the holidays. And then we came back and just hit some albums and had some mm-hmm. guests. So mm-hmm. We have quite a backlog of of people who have reached out to us and yes. um been feeling kind of bad about it but yeah <laughs> we so we apologize for um leaving some of you hanging um but we definitely want to uh get to those now and um John where where should we start well, what I was saying off mic was um, a lot of these are Christmas related and, you know, <laughs> sure. um, yes. it is it is Christmas season with Joe Christmas on the pod. Um, true, true. And sometimes it snows in April. So, you know, it's still pretty relevant. But yes, we, we've received many great and thoughtful emails and voicemails and voice memos that we've wanted to talk about. Um, it's just that mm, we had to take a while to get through them and, and many of them are Christmas related. So I think... Once we decided, hey, let's have an episode where we can chill out. We don't have a guest. We don't necessarily have an album. We'll just kind of spend some time getting through these thoughtful thoughts from Magpod Nation and uh, and go yes. through your messages. So I think it's like mid-December, I want to say, is kind of <laughs> when we need to look back on. Uh, yeah. So we do have... Um, we have some... <laughs> Uh, we have something from our boy Bobby G. We sure do. Um, <laughs> opening this for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Robert Gay, known for being the soloist, the child soloist in the Christmas Shoes. Indeed. Um, song that, uh, very divisive song. <laughs> I think a lot of people. Yes kind of rag on it for being uh, being as corny and cheesy as it right. is um but he titled this 
This is from December 16th. Yeah, uh, I'm sure he meant for us to play this in our Christmas episode, which we recorded like <laughs> that day or the day before or something. Yeah. But oh well, sorry, uh, Bobby. Yeah. Uh the Christmas shoes parentheses ska version. Mm, I'm sold. One, two, one, two, three, four. All right, all right. That's solo, Bobby. I swear I wanna buy these shoes. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Tell my mama, please. It's Christmas Eve and these shoes are just her size. Could you hurry, sir? Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for quite a while. And I know the shoes would make her smile. And I want her to look beautiful if mama meets Jesus. <laughs> this uh amazing this is this rules yes um uh complete and total redemption of the christmas <laughs> shoes i think so uh yeah. yes in addition to being the child soloist of that song robert has uh, grown up as a very accomplished musician and singer songwriter in his own right so yeah. um you know he leaves a beautiful <laughs> legacy there by honoring his past and uh, yeah transcribing it for new generation transposing yeah maybe that's the word. yeah um, sure well i i think robert you should have a, a full band do that throw some horns on there uh, i think you got a hit in the making um yeah i i mean if there's anything that people love it's a it's a ska remix so <laughs> absolutely that's what the streets demand these days yeah thank you robert gentlemen of the <laughs> magnified pod it's your old pal joel down in Ithaca, New York. Um, I'm calling for a lot of reasons, uh, mainly because I haven't called for a long time, and I want you to know that I've been listening and mm. enjoying the episodes very much. Mm. More on that Thanks, later. Buddy. Today is a very exciting day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the release date for the digital online uh, and official release of Major Awards, a tribute to Starflyer 59. I happened to contribute a track under the name Angus McKinney. Jesse Sprinkle played drums on it. Oh, shit. And I think it's the coolest recording I've made to date. But cooler than me, without a doubt, are the um, other contributors to this tribute. Um, Like highlights for this podcast include Huntington's, uh, Squad 5-0, Mm. And uh, my personal friend, Jesse Sprinkle, who did a cover of Blue Collar Love that is killer. Cool. cool. Uh, mm. Let's see. Adios Comida did a really cool track. And uh, Pacifico's track is amazing. Uh, there are uh, really cool versions of Starflyer songs all across this uh, release. It's a 35-track digital release on Bandcamp. Um, I'll send you the link, and you can share it if you want. I would like to... Um, say thank you 
for covering all those fun horror and goth bands. Yeah. Um, during the month of October, during the Magnafright pod. There you go. Um, we had a great time listening. Savior Machine was one of my favorite bands, and I think that the work that Eric Clayton's doing with Eric Clayton and the Nine right now is every mm. bit as good as what uh, Savior Machine was in the mm. 90s. Yeah. Um, you know, it's slow, it's <laughs> dirge-like, it's got, like, the vibe, and uh, really great musicianship. His brother's still playing guitar with him. Uh, rackets and Drapes, uh, like, the thinnest on talent, highest on, like, stage show band <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Um, they would... Exactly as you guys described it, they would take the stage, and I would be into it for like two songs. I was like, I, you know, whenever they whenever they were playing a show, I was at, I was like, all right, well, I'll enjoy them for two songs. But after that, they, I mean, like they literally all sounded exactly the same, and uh, you know, I couldn't believe they had so much traction. As a person in a band at the time myself, I will have to admit I had a little bit of envy and anger that these guys were getting so much attention, and I could barely book a gig. <laughs> But, sure. uh, you know, such is life. I've been doing that for 40 years now. And then uh, Scattered Few, another one of my favorite bands. Uh, that mm. one's more from, like, the late 90s. The Shadows LP had a huge presence in my life. When I saw Rackets and Drapes and Savior Machine in Chicago at the Wonderland Ballroom at a Halloween show, Ooh. it was incredible. There was another band playing with them called Wedding Party. I don't know if you've covered them yet. I haven't gone mm -hmm. through all the Magnified pod from previous years. They were really cool, like really good songs. Um, and they were super cool to us kids after the shows and stuff. Like they'd hang out with us and talk to us. I mean, I was going through major loss that year. And, uh, you know, so goth music was, you know, speaking for me. I thought that was going to be like the rest of my life, you know. <laughs> just, just painting my face white and being dark and shit. I still love those songs. Um, that stuff's a little bit harder to find, um, but, uh, they're really cool. Back to Spyglass Blue, uh, their final album, you guys mentioned it a little bit, but I felt like that final EP that you guys actually covered was a major departure for them. Up till that point, it was more like classic goth, like Bowie and stuff, right. but they were doing like the early 2000s indie rock Joy Division revival thing that, uh, you know, was so successful. And I was really listening to that a lot at the time as well. And um, I was surprised it didn't get more traction. Uh, Alan Aguirre, you alluded to it, super weird guy. When I saw him <laughs> at Cornerstone in like 97, 98, maybe 99, something like that, uh, Scattered Few did a reunion set, uh, sweaty afternoon. I can still see his face <laughs> in my mind because I... I remember thinking, man, this guy seems dangerous. And I thought he seemed dangerous just because he was so fucking punk rock and, mm. like, uh, so um, intense and, like, he didn't care what, like, the establishment thought. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, having talked to him on Facebook and stuff a little bit more over the last few years, I viewed him as a different kind of dangerous Yeah. Uh, now uh, with such a devotion to Israel um, over, like, morals and... Anything else that he claims to be devoted to, I, I find it to be a little bit upsetting. But, uh, you know, his work is still cool. Very cool. I think that about does it. Thanks so much for all the work you guys have been doing. Um, I've really been loving it. And uh, I hope to talk to you guys again soon. Merry Christmas.
Happy New Year. Love you. Thanks, buddy. Joel Kircher. Always, always wonderful to hear Joel's mellifluous tones. Just even when they're wishing us Merry Christmas four months later. <laughs> <laughs> just rich, dulcet. Mm. Love it. Um, his voice is just a strong cup of coffee. <laughs> it's like a a cowboy taking you out out on the range. That's right. Um, yeah, I, this uh. This Starflyer tribute is news to me. Um, it wouldn't have been if we read this email. Well, I, <laughs> I know. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, it came out in December, I guess. But um, yeah, this this rules. Um, so it's pacifico.bandcamp.com. Uh, go check out Major Awards, a tribute to Starflyer 59. Should we hear some of uh, his track? It's uh, Angus McKinney. Uh, yes. Track 17 looks like there. First heart attack. That's cool. What a cool, cool thing to be a part of. Super cool. So yeah, it looks like it was led by Pacifico, who I believe has come up on the pod at some point. Pacifico led by uh, Matthew Schwartz, right? Is that his name? I believe it's his name. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I know they sort of had collaborated with uh, with some various Martin Brothers projects over the years, but it looks like they, they led this... Uh, yeah, 35 song digital tribute yep. to them. So, oh, Lepers on there. Hell yeah, Lepers on there. <laughs> My dudes. Uh, a band called Bonhoeffer, which sounds like something we should know about. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's rules. I got to dive into this. Band called Whispers and Fuzz sounds I'm also like right up my alley. <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is cool. I got to check this thing out. So, yeah. Well done, Joel. Uh, cool to be a part of that. Uh, looks like there's, there's more from, from Joel as well. Gentlemen of the Magnified Pod. <laughs> this is Joel down in Ithaca, coming to you from work right now. Shh, don't tell the boss. Anyway. I would never. I hadn't all listened to both episodes about Craig's brother when I made that last message. I had heard the first one and enjoyed the music and kind of like, Decided to take a little listen to Craig's brother, but having listened to that episode with the album, the full review, and then listening to the album myself, I consider myself a uh, duly minted Craig's brother near fanatic. Ooh, Not shit. Not quite fanatic, but enjoyer. Uh, they're joining Outer Circle and Bad Religion on my list of pop punk bands that I'm actually interested in hearing more of. Ooh, hell yeah. Cool. And before that, of course, there was the interview with. Mm, 
Jenny, I'm assuming mm. her name was. Uh, <laughs> but the message and the information from the book were both very, very timely and vital to me. Racial issues were probably a big part of the catalyst for my exit from the evangelical church. Mm -hmm. Just the cavalier nature with which people tended to treat the concerns of people of color yep. had been internalized by me, to be quite honest with you. And I had an awakening when I started seeing people being killed in the middle of the street mm -hmm. on my Facebook feed over and over and over again. And to see that attitude continue and to be accused of suddenly taking up a cause to be cool was not only hurtful, but kind of traumatizing. And, uh, you know, I know I'm not alone and it's clear that there's a whole bunch of deconstruction happening, you know, and uh, everybody's going through a lot of the same things. But, uh, you know, thanks for making that podcast. Thanks for writing that book, Jenny. And thanks for just sticking to your guns so that, uh, you know, everybody else can continue to follow and share and understand better. Uh, thanks for letting me add to my other message because uh, this stuff felt important to me. And I wanted to thank you again for all that you do. Also for reviewing the David Bazan Christmas album. I don't think I have a lot to add to what you guys said. I love it. I love it. I love it. But of course I love everything that comes out of his mouth pretty much. So here we are. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Be safe. Have fun. Unless this is more rock and roll next year. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Z, talking about the... Jenny Booth Potter book, Doing Nothing is No Longer an Option, One that's Woman's right. Journey into every, Everyday Anti-Racism, hey, uh, published that's on InterVarsity right Press, <laughs> that's uh, the available available at Amazon.com and, and all of your uh, favorite <laughs> local bookstores that carry such titles. Yes, indeed. Uh, and hey, if you've picked it up and you want to leave a review, say on Amazon or Goodreads, uh, that, that helps as well. Uh, yes, the, thank you for PRing there so I didn't have to, but <laughs> I was planning to. Um, yeah. yeah, thanks, Joel. I will share that with her. I'm sure that will mean a lot to her. Um, yeah, check out the book. Check out the episode we did with her uh, when the book came out-ish, I want to say. I don't even remember now. I'm guessing it was in the fall sometime. It was around that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we still, yeah, yeah, the book was released. We had the books. Right. The book was in, uh, the book came out in October. So it's, uh, yeah. it's still fresh. Go check it out. But, uh, yeah, we appreciate that, Joel. Thanks, buddy. You know, it's funny that we, he's talking about the, uh, you know, him being a newly minted Craig's brother fan. Mm. And I just got my Craig's Ooh, brother vinyl. <laughs> vinyl recently. Hell yeah. Uh, vinyl, man. It's, it's, uh, it's taken a while. It's been a while <laughs> yeah. since I so ordered that. And Graveyard the, Club album. Yeah. Yep, yep. People yep, are yep. receiving those after we saw their record release show last summer. So, yep, we got ourselves a uh, an email from Christopher Ends. Yes, he said, "Hi, Magpie. Just listened to your latest episode. One hundred percent agree. 
that the Viva Voce was number one, and I'd follow oh, yeah. that with the Starflyer song. All right. Um, he said, not surprised you haven't heard of Viva Voce. They were very short-lived in the Christian scene in the late 90s. I stumbled onto their Hooray for Now album in 1998 at a Christian bookstore. It is an awesome, fast-paced, shoegaze, psychedelic album with female vocals and wicked dueling guitars. It was also oh, yeah. quite Christian in content, very God-focused. It was a real special album for me. You know, nowadays we think like how inundated we are with music and how everything being on streaming, it's almost impossible to keep up with stuff. But in such a niche community and everything being... um uh, available either you know, getting it on a comp or mm-hmm. um, at a Christian bookstore. There's pretty much like a you're either getting it at a Christian bookstore or at a festival, and right. there weren't really a lot of other places to go. Right. And so it's surprising to me that it took us until essentially this season. Yeah, yeah. I don't know even they, to even hear them. They were a real revelation for us, um, but. Uh, yeah, what I've what I've heard of really liked, and he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, kind of moving away from the Christian world and the shoegazy world and sort of more traditional sort of indie rock, I guess, but yeah. talking about their experiences um, in both the Christian world and the secular worlds, not being great ones within the music industry and referencing that in their albums, uh, including the record, uh, Get Your Blood Sucked Out. Um so I we we uh you know we might get to some some Vivoche maybe. Uh Chris Enns had also emailed us before uh to share some Rose Forest thoughts and he mentioned uh Valour one hundred in that one and his pushing for them, who are another act who we we may still get to this season, we'll see. But um yeah, Chris has his his finger on the pulse of of the shoegazy indie stuff we've been covering this season. So thanks for uh for sharing that intel, Chris. And uh, another another dude from BC hey. in Canada, another uh, Canadian stay, listener. Stay warm up there. Eh? We got Yasin. Yasin. Uh, he says, "I don't have much to say except that I'm going to take John saying let's make this a Christmas tradition as a guarantee of at least four more seasons of this thing." <laughs> uh, I think he's referring to the um, the Happy Christmas yes compilation reviews that we do. Yes. Uh, so I I'm I'm not opposed to that. No, I I say we keep it up. Let's keep um, it going. Keep going. Gets into some some thoughts on Nash Pop as well in there. Yeah, nitty gritty. I know. Yeah, he he had mentioned that like in other parts of the country, it's used in like kind of like a derogatory term, right, right, a derogatory yeah. sense. But like you know, up up here, like country is not nearly as big of a thing as it is in um the south or in texas so um those those that sort of term is kind of you know it's like oh it made that makes sense to me that that term but um i was not using it in a way to you know diminish anybody's particular style or sound or anything but this is an email that we got um at the end of december that i've i feel pretty bad about not having responded to because it was so thoughtful and pointed uh it was like essentially directed to me as mm. but anyway i'll just he he says i couldn't resist the urge to message you after i recently became familiarized with your show by an interview with both of you that i heard on 
that exvangelical show, which I also relatively recently became familiarized with. I haven't dove far, uh, too far into the podcast sphere until the pandemic hit. Over the last couple of years, I've been seeking out a lot of content from former evangelicals, especially if it pertains at all to the Christian music scene, especially if it specifically pertains to the 90s Christian music scene. When I encountered that episode of Exvangelical, I knew I had to check out your show. The Exvangelical interview kind of blew my mind, Andrew. You and I appear to have had uh, rather similar experiences. I was also raised in the Evangelical Covenant Church and was quite Christian myself. I was also urged to apply to North Park, but ultimately decided against it. I was also completely obsessed with all things tooth and nail, like really, really obsessed. I also no, no longer identify with Christianity. I'm very much deconverted. It took me until about age 23 or so until I realized that ship had sailed. I'm 41 now, so it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Um, <clears throat> I have to mention at least one other thing. I feel a bit odd mentioning it here, but mentioning it, but here goes. You very unapologetically and bravely, I might say, went into the issue of self-pleasure in that ex-evangelical interview and how utterly racked with guilt evangelical kids can feel about it. Let me just say, yes, 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 and in every way, yes, holy fuck. I'm sure there's much more content out there pertaining to this issue, but I feel like a Dave Bazan interview is maybe the only other time I've heard it explicitly mentioned, and it's such an important topic. I mean, I can't even tell you that shit fucked me up when I was a kid. And if I'm being honest, it's one of the biggest sources of any ongoing resentment I still feel toward my upbringing. It's nice to not feel alone, specifically as it pertains to that issue. My heart seriously breaks for any kid out there who is going through it now. And he also goes on to mention that he is also in the Twin Cities. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to yeah, be nice to connect with this dude because he... Yeah. Sounds like one. If you, uh, yeah, if you if you had ended up going to North Park, I mean, you you probably would have co-hosted <laughs> the show with us. <laughs> I know, Sounds right? Very much uh, in our circles. I think we're all familiar because I we've uh, invoked it a number of times on the on the pod. Um, Christian nightmares. We yes talk about them quite a bit on the on the pod. It's Instagram page of just like super cringy or embarrassing or sad or unfortunate just a variety of um christian content that's a that's a bummer so like here's a sign sickness with god is better than health without god yeah that's quite a perspective mm -hmm. um there was a post recently what looks like a fairly young dude going on about like you know he's he's praying saying to like you know talking about lust and he's like you know to the person out there to this person who is struggling with you know you know looking at this video and then doing that thing i just want to i just want to say this per to this person out there and you know set this person free from lust and whatever you know so i commented on on this and i said quote this person come on dude it's you yeah when I was a Christian, I was this guy. I was filled with an unbearable amount of guilt and shame. And at almost 40, I'm still dealing with the fallout from the self-hatred. It's such a shitty way to live. And my heart breaks for this dude. And I hope he can figure it out because it's no way to live. And a bunch of people responded. were like, mm. yeah, I'm around the same age. Also former Christian. Also still like... <laughs> 
dealing with sort of that sort of the fallout of that as well. And it's it's not yeah. it's not an uncommon thing. And, and it, like, first off, this kid didn't come up with this on his own. Like, right, he right. didn't think like he, this was stuff that was told to him. Right. And I I feel bad for that kid. Yeah. Now he's sort of perpetuating what he heard on this platform and sort of reinforcing this sort of negativity around normal sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. But like, you know, I, I see that as a different kind of thing than like, yeah, is is making prayer TikToks cringy? Sure. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty cringy to mm-hmm. film yourself praying in like this very earnest way and then sharing it. Kind of the opposite of going into a dark closet or whatever. You know, think that's kind of like re- rereading Adam's email and thinking about that, that there's a lot of people out there our age who, you know, have that. And, you know, that that sort of reinforced self-hatred that yeah. that came along with it. So I will never not talk about jerking off because <laughs> it's sort of my way of reclaiming yeah. what I felt like was the biggest taboo in the world when I was a yep. kid. Yeah, totally. Well, and clearly it, when you have been vulnerable enough to share these things, uh, it has resonated with folks. And thank you, Adam, for sharing all that as well. Uh, he goes on to mention that he was thinking about potentially starting his own podcast or like a sort of mini limited series thing, which I very much encourage you to do, Adam. There are uh, you know easy ways to kind of put out that kind of content into the world now. So I would recommend doing it. Um, he also mentioned Poconacci being his favorite MXPX album because he uh, appreciates the endearingness of how shitty it sounds, which, you know, <laughs> resonates for me. Um, yes. I, I got no problem with somebody claiming Poconacci is their favorite MXPX record. So uh, thank you, Adam. Yeah, hopefully uh, you're not uh, like, well, what the hell have you been doing for several months sitting on this thing? So we, we really appreciate uh, hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh feel kind of like the worst for... Um, he understands. Yeah. Um, now we got to get into a <laughs> very interesting email. I said yes. it. I, I said it was interesting. <laughs> um, we have an email from Ava, Eva, mm-hmm. one of those two. Um, and she says, "My name is Eva. I'm 17, and I think it's really cool that you guys have a whole podcast about objectively awful Christian punk of the 90s." <laughs> well, I don't know. We can say it quite that way, but yes, thank you. <laughs> and she says, "Because that's how I came into this world. My dad's name is JJ, and he oh, grew up with. Speaking of poking at you, yeah, uh, and he grew up with Mike Herrera of MXPX and started it with him, working as a sound engineer. He eventually went to do." Um, Warp Tour, and I believe he was very close with the people that started Tooth and Nail. He also helped eventually produce Enema of the State. Yeah, but as the premise of your podcast so clearly predicts, he is now a devout Christian and employed at a church in DC, which I have always found to be ironic considering his background. My mother, as it turns out, is the sister of one of the members of Goaty Hook, and the rest of the members have essentially been my uncles for the entirety of my upbringing. She met my dad through her their involvement with MXPX and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, 
and many connections many connections Uh, and she said i thought it was funny to see you guys did an episode with joel bell as he's a family friend but also my mom's childhood fling all the way up until she broke off her engagement and married my dad you You know this is just like this this is is, amazing this is like wild shit and then she like posts uh she sends like uh some photos of her of jj with with mike right um Christian O'Goody Hook is her uncle. Yeah. There's like so many, so many connections. I know. Eva, Eva is, is a Christian punk rock royalty. I mean, she may object to that association. (laughs) Uh, Get her on the pod. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) she's like, where's my share of nepotism? (laughs) I know. Right. Yeah. What's, what is the benefit of being a Nepo baby? If, if you're like, ugh, it's all terrible. Yeah. Uh, Pretty funny, but some great uh, some great pictures of here my of Mike uh and JJ, Mike Mike bleached hair and this is great. Yeah, this is definitely some like um this feels like life in general era Mike. Yeah, yeah, for with, sure. With those with that slicked back super mm-hmm. white kind of blonde hair. Just handsome as hell. Just handsome um, as hell. Well, You've heard of JJ's song. This is JJ's daughter, people. And we, yep. we got a Magpod Sclusi with her. <laughs> That's with true. Dish in the dirt over here. We won't read this whole email. You know, um, I can read the whole thing. But thank uh, you so much, Eva. That rules. It makes yeah. me feel a little weird that there's teenagers listening to this. Uh, I should probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have led. Maybe often. I shouldn't have led into that email with talking about jerking off. Uh, whatever. I mean, 17. It's the perfect time to be dealing I, with I, such things, right? Uh, I mean, let's I let's know. let's let's be real. The uh no i'm not <laughs> I don't know, we got nothing else to say in that matter but thank no. you we appreciate yeah. you listening yes thank uh, you so much got other got other photos of uh your family's involvement in music we care about let us know yes we have emma she says uh the t- uh, subject is i'm several years late episode 28 sexual purity yeah about uh, 130 episodes later <laughs> I recently started listening to you guys when I got a new job and had eight hours a day to sit in front of a computer doing mindless drone work. You definitely helped pass the hours. Oh. I just made it to the tumble down episodes. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that is a while ago. And yeah. the first one, you talked a lot about the sexual purity culture we all grew up in. Mm, I just had to talk to these messages. <laughs> I know, right? Are we? Uh, I think what we, I think the reality is, John, is that you, me, we are too too horny <laughs> a little too horny We're too horny <laughs> the, uh, horny pop is out here he's oh no the, he's uh, john and andrew they're too horny um uh she says i just had to toss in my four years late opinion i never personally uh had a purity ring or signed a pledge but when i was 12 or 13 our small Pentecostal church pulled the youth group up front to publicly swear in front of the congregation that we would remain pure until marriage. Uh, and I was hap- happily and willingly along for the ride Woof. without going into my whole life story. My experiences at that church complete with the spirit coming down and folks speaking in tongues and twitching in the aisles formed a strong base for my faith. I personally felt God's touch and that knowledge stuck with me. As time passed, my family life fell apart. I leaned heavily into God in the church as that was the only thing in my life that wasn't drastically changing. 
I, I wound up going by myself at 15 years old to any church I could walk to. And what that led to was my being exposed to the extraordinary variety of churches we have in America and realizing I don't have to agree with everything that a church I'm attending is teaching, which probably led to my not being uh, entirely drug under in the purity culture of the evangelical church. So now fast forward 20 some years to my having three daughters who I'm trying to raise in my faith, but not at all in the purity culture. My girls are in high school and middle school, and we've been having, we've been talking about sex, consent, about the autonomy since they were little. We've had conversations with them explaining that there are a lot of good reasons to wait to have sex. It is a big deal emotionally and physically, and it's an absolutely can have long-term consequences in the form of STIs or pregnancy. We've also told them that sex feels good and there's nothing wrong with masturbation or wanting to have sex. So they are prepared if, if and when they choose to sleep with someone. We've had conversations about safer sex practices, birth control, condoms, oral sex, and other things. I've had too many female friends who were so traumatized by the extraordinary and really, and really damn weird in retrospect uh, focus on maintaining virginity as if it were the be all and all of our unmarried existence that they've completely left their faith as someone who is still a practicing Christian and derives personal comfort from my beliefs that breaks my heart. And I dearly hope that my kids don't have the same trauma as they are quickly approaching their adult lives. Hmm. Uh, footnote on purity culture for me, this is not just including sexual purity, purity that that is the largest tenant, but also the extreme focus on having nothing in your life that isn't godly. Music had mm -hmm. to be God-centered. TV and movies had to be God-centered. Friends better be good Christian friends, and otherwise the devil will tempt you away from God. Purity culture puts an, uh, an unbiblical amount of focus on having everything need to be singularly focused on God. Mm -hmm. I genuinely think this focus over the last 30 years is what is allowing so many of the anti-abortion laws to be passed now. Christian folks have had it pounded into them since they were children that every single thing needs to be fully God-focused and that anyone who believes differently has been directly sent by Satan to corrupt. Yeah. I really, really appreciate this. Yeah. You know, that one of the things that we've tried to do on this, you know, even though that John and I um, agree on a lot of things, like we want to bring these sort of different perspectives like we're not we're not doing these episodes like sitting here only talking about uh, that, that the church is terrible and garbage we, right. we focus on talking about this the problematic nature of the evangelical church because that's what a lot of this subculture hinged on but like mm -hmm. i'm definitely not opposed to somebody having a faith that is meaningful to them and that mm -hmm. they still adhere to and find value in but i i also love the the blending of like recognizing the problematic uh focus on purity and trying to teach kids a balance of like hey here yeah. here is what this is let's not shield them from it masturbation mm -hmm. isn't bad you know you can't get an sti pregnancy is a thing be safe like there i think that is blending those worlds and if you use your faith as a way to inform your values in that area then you know that's great i'm all yeah. for that 
Totally. Yeah. Thank you so much, Emma. I, I resonate with a lot of this too, even though, as we've kind of been saying, this was Andrew Moore, sort of your story growing up than mine, but the, the piece of it, as far as still also being, you know, uh, someone who's trying to practice their Christian faith and, and raising kids and trying to do it in a way that will not traumatize them. And all the stuff that you're talking about, talking to your kid about um, autonomy and consent are the same kinds yeah. of conversations we're trying to have with our kids and um, trying to impart a, a faith uh, practice onto them that we hope will be useful for their lives and not traumatic. So I certainly resonate with a lot of what you're talking about. Um, and, and, and what you're saying about, you know, I get a lot of people coming out of that tradition and wanting to leave it entirely, but sort of what you're naming about realizing the, ver the, the wide variety of, of church experiences that yep. there are and finding one that worked for you. Um, I, I'm glad to hear that. Um, yep. So yeah, thank you so much. I hope you listen to uh, 130 more episodes of us uh, for eight <laughs> hours a day, but yeah. yeah, it really meant a lot to, to hear this yeah. very thoughtful response. You know, and the thing that I think, that is important that we just sort of breezed by in this one sentence is that she said that she realized that you don't have to agree with everything that a church is right. teaching. And yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think that is something that explicitly needs to be taught. Yeah. Because what she's talking about is critical thinking. Right. And Absolutely. questioning. And that is not something that is, explicitly taught in church yep. or even necessarily in school unless you you know are in very niche kind of things like debate or right. if you happen to have like um a philosophy class or something but that sort of way of approaching is like asking like um why should I believe this or why does this person believe this or how does this different than how is this different than what this other church said that I attended last week and how right. do they both come to those conclusions? And yeah, I mean, I wish I had right done that and maybe I wouldn't have have as much uh, anxiety and depression uh, yeah. as I do that uh, I'm so concerned about um, yep. doing the wrong thing or whatever, but that's totally yeah i think one of the most dangerous things you can do i'm trying to i want to say this without sounding like an asshole but i think you'll try and you'll get what i'm saying like letting letting your kid just experiment with a uh, a belief system and letting it go unchecked it's kind mm. of the way i feel about like just letting your kid go on the internet unsupervised mm. because it can very quickly devolve into something that you you're not like what I believed was not something my parents taught me. Mm -hmm. Like it was stuff that it was picked up at, at different, at different youth groups and different right. festivals and other conversations I had with other people that I knew. And, you know, though that sort of stuff, like, and I didn't know that like I could, question or challenge that uh yeah and it's important to have those like you're saying those conversations with with your kids because i think some of that stuff needs to be stated explicitly and i wish i wish more more parents were as intentional as you and jenny and and uh emma appears to be 
Well, yeah, thanks. We are trying and there are so many things to navigate and uh, my kids are not teenagers and are not navigating social media and uh, all of that. That will be a whole other ball game for us to try and deal with. Um, but yeah, I think you really named this tension of critical thinking being the primary reason behind evangelical cultures like sort of strangleholds on people's beliefs like it blinding um their ability to think beyond that experience because it is so uh ingrained in people that to sort of question that uh is to sort of question god and just how um damaging that is to humans and to church culture and to like society as she's naming like a lot of people who grew up like that thinking that there was only one way are now legislators who are making decisions for us and that black and white thinking is affecting all of us in a yeah. awful way so um yeah if your church experience doesn't include a critical thinking encouragement piece um i don't think it's the kind of church experience that will help you be a whole and healthy human. And I think that's something a lot of us are learning um, yeah. now. And uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's a scary time for lack of critical thinking in any number of areas of our sort of society. <laughs> so the yeah. more that we can do to, to teach that and to figure out, um, you know, I, I just, I, I think I've shared this memory before, but in my experience growing up in a evangelical covenant high school, uh, I've mentioned this Bible teacher I had who was great, who really kind of expanded my mind. And he, I don't even remember what, what this was, but we had like written papers and he asked a few students to share their papers in chapel. And mine was basically about this, about recognizing that there are lots of different kinds of faith experiences in the world. And it's sort of, um, you know, should be the job of Christians to understand that there are like multiple paths and um, to like honor others uh, experiences because that's what a, a world of pluralism means. And I was pulled aside by like a teacher who I'd never had, who was like really kind of getting in my face and saying, you know, you, you're a leader and it's irresponsible of you to have told all these kids what you just said. They're going to hell if they don't believe in God. And you've put that at risk now by saying the stuff you said today. Just feeling in my head, even as a teenager, that like, oh, this guy's like view of the world is like so narrow. And not only is that like pissing me off as a teenager for you like saying this to me, but like, oh, you're you are like damaged and in need of <laughs> therapy and you're inflicting this damaged you and other people and it makes me sad and it makes me mad so anyway just a little anecdote there unpacking some religious trauma yeah wow that is that is a lot to uh say to a young person as as an adult that's a kind of weird and fucked up thing to say it's like totally putting putting somebody else's soul like in your hands is like you're responsible for that that's right that's a that I think that says more about them than it does about you that they like that for sure that they think that these people should not have uh other other views or ideas or experiences like in even the world presented right <laughs> yeah it's yeah. so 
that's yeah that's what made me think of it with the critical thinking thing is like oh you're so afraid to even hear that like other things yeah. exist and yeah yeah I, i'm grateful that i was like 16 or 17 and not like 12 or 13 when that happened because i had the right. wherewithal to be like this fucking idiot as opposed to like oh i guess i'm wrong you know so anyway right right thank you emma right. <laughs> yes and uh sorry that you had that douchebag say that kind of shit that's it's fucking weird uh yeah not 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 the best um all right we have some uh some voicemails you know john we have a voicemail line Mm, what is it again uh 872-762-4763 magpod magpod (laughs) um Got a boy Brock. I think he's got something else to say about Viva Voce. Hey, it's your boy Brock Dittis in Salem, Oregon. I just wanted to let you know that, uh, yeah, Viva Voce had some time here on the West Coast in Portland. And uh, I I think personally, their 2007 album, Lovers Lead the Way, is their absolute best. So if there's anything that you cover on the pod, I would say cover that. Pretty great. Uh, Magpod Life. Thanks, Brock. Yeah, yes. Brack and Chris recommending different albums by Vivoche that we need to discuss. So, you know, yes, to duke it out. Ooh, got a little more. Hey, mm. it's Brock in Salem once more. And just wanted to correct myself. 2003 is when Lovers Lead the Way was released on Sounds Familiar. It looks like it got a re release in 2005 and then uh, releases a double album with another record in 2007. But that's where I got confused. Gotcha. So, with that said, Magpod for life. It's that, or it's that as, attention to detail we love to hear. Exactly. Or as uh, as Google says, Magpod. <laughs> They're just trying to do the uh, horny the, pubs. The horny pub. Magpod, <laughs> yeah, Magpod for life. Magpod for life. Yeah, I, saw the, uh, I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie with my kids this afternoon. You know. And uh, it sounds like something Mario might say. You know, John, I want to. I might want to get a little, uh, little bit of a review or something here mm. coming up. But, Mario Corner? Yeah, a little Mario Corner. It's a go. Uh, it's, it's a you. Two. Three. Uh, two. One. Is this the hat man? One. Two. Mm. Three. Two. One. What's coming up? Two. Three. There we go. <laughs> Oh, Phantom Cackler. <laughs> At first I was like, oh, this is a mistake. And I was like, oh, it's spooky. And I was like, wait, I know it's coming. <laughs> I can uh, hear him like holding in a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. Uh but you know, he he the Phantom the Phantom Cackler, uh if he, he's anything if not innovative. That's right. He's messing around with the numbers now. Is he sending us a message uh, with these two three know. one? You know, we'll decipher and, it. Yeah, we'll figure. We'll get to the bottom of this. Oh, Matt Jones. Hey. Hey, guys. It's your boy, Matt Jones, calling from Mount Vernon, Ohio. So glad that you guys are back. It feels like you've been gone forever. I know. Um, anyway, so happy to hear these last couple episodes, uh, especially the Fantasy League. I went ahead and downloaded oh, yeah. their album and absolutely mm. love it beginning to yes. end. Hell yeah. So can't wait to see what this next season brings. Hope you guys are doing well. Mag Pod for life. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, that Matt. time on Google Translate, we got a nag pot for life. <laughs> nag pot. Nag pot for life. Um, yeah. Hell yeah, Fantasy League. Thank you for picking that up. Everybody should do so. 
Yes, they should. Um, everybody loves little little fantasy league. Get some pop bangers. It's mm. <laughs> more fully work here. <laughs> What's coming? A microwave. oh it's so good it's i mean it sounded like a microwave like it was i thought it was maybe like a a a cashier's scanner at first but uh you know he's got access to all kinds of equipment we don't know (laughs) we should say those two voicemails from him were separated by like two months so <laughs> they were yeah, spaced the, out well yes the uh the one with all the numbers was in january and uh-huh. this other one was just sent this monday <laughs> yes thank you phantom calculator you yes. knew what to do he knows he knows the deal hey this is jeremy on gold from the rumors of true podcast really stoked Ooh. on your joe christmas episode i really dug it i like what you guys do uh i really like your uh opinions and we are definitely on the same page so Wanted to show my support. Think you guys are awesome. Keep at it. Talk to you soon. Hell yeah! Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Shout out to the Rumors Are True podcast. Um, His pod, I believe he had on somebody recently that Hmm. was exciting. I'm sorry, this is a terrible plug for his pod, but uh, yeah, many people are saying that uh, he did a thing. (laughs) He did do a thing. I want to say it was an interview with somebody from Rails Forest. Okay. Um, so yes, check out uh, check out the rumors are true. I know he's doing some some cool interviews with folks and and sharing thoughts on uh, you know similar uh, yes Rails Forest. That's who it was right. Yeah, Sean Johnson, who has shouted out our pod. He he had emailed us before, said he was listening. Yeah, the, uh, the gymnast. <laughs> exactly. John no, Johnson, no. the gymnast. The beautiful, no. okay. beautiful fuzzy guitarist from Mofo, of course. Okay. Um, share some thoughts uh, over on the Rumors Are True cast with Jeremy, uh, including um, we discussed the famous question, where is Sid? Five exclamation yes. points. Um, so check that out. You know, I don't think Sydney wants to be found. No, she doesn't. I haven't listened to that interview yet, but I'm guessing yeah. the answer is we don't know and no one will know. Um, yeah. Which is kind of how I want it. Having said that, if you want to do MagPod exclusive, um, let us know, Sydney. Yeah, many people are saying that Sydney Rents is the Phantom Cackler. Ooh, I like this. This is I a like, good twist. Just start, the, just start this rumor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this feels like... It's like scream or something like hello sydney yes um i'm the cackler uh, the whole time anyway <laughs> thank you jeremy check out yes. the rumors are true uh hey speaking of speaking of joe christmas and mm. uh rumors <laughs> uh-huh. uh i heard a rumor that uh <laughs> j- that joe christmas is is releasing magpod based music <laughs> well <laughs> yes we have it on good authority i.e <laughs> from russell directly himself who yeah has listened to the Joe Christmas episodes and enjoyed them and said that he wrote a song called Khaki Boner <laughs> in honor of us after listening to our last episode. And I told him the people demand to hear Khaki Boner. It's not enough to know that you've written the song, Russell. Uh, let's hear a, a full band 
rendition of khaki boner please i think that's the only appropriate i'm trying to remember step. i remember saying it <laughs> i can't remember the context other than it was like maybe we were talking about like some middle school dance yes that's what it was i don't remember why we were talking about i think oh because jason was saying like this is the kind of song that plays in an awkward middle school dance because it's uh, kind of like slow enough sure, where you're sure, sort sure. of like swaying with a girl and, and you were further <laughs> illustrating that scenario and saying yeah Perhaps like, you got a khaki boner. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of discussion uh this episode about boners, uh, boners and genitals and well, self-pleasure, know. which it's, is very uh, much my wheelhouse. Yeah, it's not it's not out of the norm for us. Um no. we 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 go a couple episodes without a guest and we're like back to like hey dicks. <laughs> um boners, <laughs> sweet. Um <laughs> But uh, yes, along with sharing even that not he... even not on the mic, we were talking about um, <laughs> horse cock. You know? We were, we were. It's yeah. like, you know, full disclosure. Um... <laughs> you ever any of these fuckers? <laughs> it's because there's a, a horse on Andrew's wine bottle. And uh... anyway, back or to donkey, Russell or donkey dick. <laughs> no, they never say that. Um, uh, Russell shared along with that. Uh, beautiful message that uh he had a band called the long defeat after joe christmas um and shared uh the song progress report with us by the long defeat and that was awesome i i need to do a deeper dive on the long defeat but uh yes thank you russell for that i expect khaki boner to make its way in mp3 form onto the pod shortly yes yes you know some some uh might say that a a a song called khaki boner uh, written by Russell from Joe Christmas, mm-hmm. you know that would be a win. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time for us to <laughs> jump into that winner's circle. Winners Nailed it! <clears throat> Nailed it! Um, I don't even know uh, why I attempt to transition. They've called me the king of transitions before, but I, the crown is yours, my friend. So uh, I don't know. Well. No, you know, no, nobody's I, called me that. No, no, nobody's. No one said that. But uh, <laughs> I think, I think it is, it is fair. You do, you do have some solid transition, uh, transitions. Well, we'll back uh, at you, buddy. Yeah. And speaking of back at you, I don't know. I got nothing actually. Well, um, what what's we back? And losers, though. What's back? What's uh, back? <laughs> let me know. Uh, next next month, John, hmm. May thirtieth. Yes. Season three of I Think You Should Leave. Hell yeah. I think back. the podcast might turn into an I Think You Should Leave recap podcast, actually, <laughs> in late May. I know. Yeah, we're just going to be doing, we're just going to be doing episode watches and the Patreon uh, might just turn into exclusively that. So <laughs> buckle up. I know. I Think You Should Pod will be the next Oof. season. But I'm sure that just exists, right? All... But it should exist on our feed as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing but Tim Robinson uh, based content. Watch yes. the Detroiters. Oh man, his, I still got to catch up on that. I really not seen very much of it. His stuff uh, from SNL. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, so that that's something that to me is going to be is going to be a win. That's a major win. Major major win. I've I've been we've been waiting for far too long, if you ask me. But yeah. Um. What do you what do you, what else you got? Um what 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 do you got as a winner over there? 
Well, oh baby, it's been a it's been a it's been a while since we've done a segment here. We've been uh, doing these know, interviews and special episodes, but I got a long list of winners here. Um, and mainly, <laughs> I'm using this uncreatively as I often do to just sort of highlight concerts and albums I'm enjoying. Um, but I got to hit some of these here because so yeah. major win, boy genius. Sure. Yes. The record finally yeah. out. Yep. Uh, texted you. Picked up that vinyl variant today. Um, throwing that on, loving it. I uh, I've got a few contenders for potential album of the year thus far this early into the year, but that's man, I don't know. We uh, Phoebe Bridgers was uh, number one on my list on the show one year. Lucy Dake is my number one on the next year. Boy Genius possibly my number one this year. Yeah. Um. So very pumped for that record. Seeing them in June, very pumped for that. Um. Loving that record. Uh, Hold Steady, another band. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bands ever. Uh, put out a new record. I've sort of, um, I would say the quality, not the quality, but how much I am into their records has sort of ebbed and flowed over the years. Um, really, really love those first few records for sure. But this new one, really into it. And that's good news because I'm seeing them in July uh, with Dillinger mm. 4 and Mountain Goats, which is Ooh. quite a lineup. Very excited for that. Liking the new record, excited for that show. Um, but I told you this before too. I haven't talked about it on the pod, but heard front runner for record of the year, although it may be surpassed by Boy Genius, is the band Young Fathers, which is like the Scottish uh hip hop group. I think they're Scottish. Um Yeah, I saw you post something about that on yeah. uh maybe in your stories or yeah. on I think on we texted Facebook about it or something. Too. I can't remember. I think I texted it to you and Scott and Matt and uh, Scott yes, said, I'll listen to it or something. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. I really, I, I found out about Young Fathers a while ago when Massive Attack was touring and they opened for them and they did a song together on Massive Attack's last record, which was an EP, which Ooh. was awesome. Um, but there's sort of this hip hop uh, slash pop uh, indie trio I think they're Scottish, they're at least in the UK. Um, and they just are doing some really cool, eclectic sounding things on this new album. It really goes into a lot of different places. It feels sort of like global. It's all very propulsive and fun and weird and interesting. So Young Fathers, really digging that. Uh, not not doing any kind of tour as far as I'm aware of, but I really hope they do. Another band I've told you about, Pigs, 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 Pigs. Uh, yes. AKA Pigs <laughs> Times 7. Uh, a band I've really been digging. They're hardcore, and they put out a record this year I've been loving. They're from the UK as well, and they I was like, man, I really hope they play in the States. And they played a show in Chicago, but it was while I was in California, so I missed them. It was at Sleeping Village, which is a, a tiny venue. I've seen Bazan there and other folks here. Grave Air Club as well. Great little venue. Would have really liked to have seen pigs, 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 pigs there. Um but if folks want a kind of hard hitting heavy, they're they're not really hardcore. They're more sludgy. I mean, what do you call the sort of um, what do you call the sort of uh, there's a term for the sort of uh, haze of weed, doom metal, uh, stoner metal. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's kind of stoner metal. It's just real real heavy vibes. Um, but I, I mean, I, like I would, I yeah, I guess I would 
either sludge or stoner. Would yeah, kind of it's kind of it's kind of sludgy, but it's really really cool. I dig it a lot. So check that out if you are so inclined. One more record I will mention, which I already mentioned on the last episode because we we're talking about khaki boner is the broke downs <laughs> uh, a favorite local punk band of mine they put out a new record called maximum khaki this year uh, and i saw them uh i saw their record release show for that uh, a couple months ago and it was awesome uh really into that band and that record so check the broke downs out they're kind of uh, they remind me of dillinger four a lot who are one of my favorite punk bands and they're kind of you know that sort of harder hitting end of the pop punk spectrum um so those are all winners for me i'm gonna do a quick rundown also of just other shows coming up that are wins for me that i'm excited about i mean first and foremost andrew i don't believe we've talked about this on the pod yet but you and i have tickets to the goaty hook reunion show we sure do in september in northern virginia so magpie nation those you know on the east coast and nearby come out for this i i'm so pumped for this uh <laughs> we are flying out there this is the first time you know magpod as a, as a you know a team we've we've like traveled to a destination other than minnesota or illinois i know um, right for something so incredibly pumped for that uh we we will not be at furnace fest sadly where most of you probably will be if you are going anywhere um so this is kind of our chance to to see the dudes and See yeah. the live. So very excited for that. Um, a few more. Charlie Bliss, a band we talked about on the pot of Fairmount. Seeing them later this month at Subterranean, which is a nice small venue in Chicago. Excited for that. Our dudes much the same. Uh, headlining yeah. uh, Beer Canned Fest, which is at uh, Blue Island Beer Company in the Chicago Burbs. So they're playing with uh, other great Chicago punk bands like Take the Reins and Won't Stay Dead. So excited for that. Uh, here's what I don't know if I've talked to you about, but I'm seeing uh, the Batman in concert, which is what the Chicago Chicago Philharmonic is doing the score to the movie, the Batman live with the the screening of it, accompanying it. That's next month. Very excited for that. Also next month, uh, page of the lion, of course, as we've talked about, uh, both of us seeing those two album back to back shows. So that's my very lengthy list of winners. Uh, very excited about all those records and shows. And it's been a, a good stretch for me with those so pumped for all that hell yeah uh also excited about that boy genius record yeah um yeah i've i've sort of slowly started um putting together my albums Mm -hmm. so far this year or albums i need to check out yeah uh so i'm not gonna i'm not really gonna get into those sure yet i know that you i mean we've we'll probably talk ad nauseum about (laughs) some of these records throughout the year um but i i can't remember if i only briefly discussed this in passing because we haven't done like a a winter circle or a joy boys in so long but Mm -hmm. earlier this month i got to see eluveti hell yeah uh, live at the caboose in minneapolis great venue and so not only did i get to see them so they're they're uh, like a swiss folk metal band with like some celtic kind of vibes and Mm -hmm. there's a amazing guitar work amazing vocals like flutes and and uh hurdy gurdy and just all sorts of like uh amazing amazing instrumentation super into them originally it came on our radar 
thanks to shadow producer jason being like uh right i, I watch this video twice a week <laughs> it was the, the rebirth uh video. yeah yeah that that song blows my mind i wish i could be i wish i could go back in time and experience that song for the first time yeah um and just being like oof, i did not expect this <laughs> yeah um but the the biggest takeaway for me that was uh learning about this band seven spires Mm. which is a uh, they're from i believe they're from uh boston if i'm not mistaken um but seven spires is is a they're metal band but they kind of have like a i guess they're sort of like a symphonic metal band and when Mm. i first saw them described as that that like the first thing that kind of came to mind was like, I don't know, like Evanescence or something. Right. And like I saw there's a, like a, a female vocalist and I'm like, uh, read me uh, and wake me up territory. Yeah, here. I can't wake up, you know, wake me up inside. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I don't know, maybe this is my thing. But I threw on a song and I think everybody should go and look up the uh, Gods of Debauchery music video mm-hmm. and and just like experience that the way i experienced the elevati rebirth um mm-hmm. because it just like so much about it was unexpected for me um yeah. but yeah they were incredible um also uh this this past month i got to see the beths at First Ave, I was supposed to see them last month, but right. it was when we had a stupid snowstorm. They rescheduled, and we were, I think, the last stop uh, on this run of the tour because they had to <laughs> reschedule right. us. But they are going to be—they're going to be back in the U.S. for an extended period of time this year because they're going to be touring with the National. Yes, that's right. Which I would love to be able to go to that show, but uh, the Beths truly amazing. Love them very much. Um, also, expectations. Oh gosh, yes. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> they were also all so charming mm-hmm. because they all have that delightful New Zealand accent, mm-hmm. and it makes me just think of they could all be some sort of like Taika Waititi character in a movie, uh-huh. just like everything out there. Their sense of humor was so dry, uh-huh. but so biting and funny. Um, nice. But I was really, I was really into it. The bass player, uh, like he dragged a, like a mini fridge up on stage okay. and like had like sodas and like, milk and other other beverages inside the this mini fridge uh-huh. and and they and as a gag uh, as a bit they like had the mini fridge mic'd which i thought was <laughs> which i thought was funny nice um, but they were great uh and then that next week i got to see cara cara Hell yeah. at the turf club From uh, your, uh top 10 albums of the year top 10 albums of the year so they were so great cool the one thing about the turf club and i was like i said i hope you guys come back and play a different venue because while i enjoy the turf club uh as a venue the sound guy there 
sucks. Mm. And I, you could tell they were sort of getting visibly mm. frustrated yeah. and I didn't want to like say anything to them, you know, after the show when I was like, went up and I was chatting with them and telling them how much I loved the record. The vocals were like way too low and mm. it just, it just wasn't, it wasn't mixed well, but I, I still, it was a really, really fucking rad show. Yeah. It's a great space to, to see a yes. band, but my only context for it is like seeing local bands that I've seen a bunch. So it would be kind of a bummer to, it's not a space known for it's like amazing acoustics. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, not music related. Opening night went to go see John Wick. Ooh, hell yeah. uh, in the theater and it it holds up to if you're if you're a john wick fan it's got yeah. it's got everything you want you're thinking he's back <laughs> yeah i i'm thinking i'm back <laughs> we were joking about how much keanu reeves was paid because is it a lot <laughs> there's a headline guess how much money Keanu Reeves made per word in John Wick. <laughs> Sounds like one of your quiz questions. Yes. So he was paid 15 million for his role in the movie. And thanks what? to thanks to those who love a good factoid, that means Keanu Reeves was paid uh $39,473 per word. All right. Um John and, Wick, not the most loquacious. No, no. Uh we we were doing the math and that so it was Three uh three hundred and eighty words, um uh, approximately three hundred and eighty words that he okay. said. <laughs> and and Kristen was like, I wonder what percentage of that was just yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, 10%? That means 38 <laughs> yes, which feels right. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And she's like, 1.5 million just for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, worth it. Is there a better yeah deliverer among us? <laughs> it's just so, like, I, I can, you can fit the entirety of everything he said on a single page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh um, man, but it was rules. yeah. So it's a it's if you if you don't mind watching people just get lit up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I have not seen it yet, but I would like to. Um, yeah, you know, speaking of Keanu Reeves adjacent things. Yeah, one movie I watched this week that I would like to shout out is yeah. Speed Racer, which was made by the Wachowskis. Okay. Have you ever seen Speed Racer? No, that was the one that came out like, I don't know, like a decade ago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 2008 or nine. Um, Here's the thing about Speed Racer. It fucking rules. It's mm. so good. And like I had seen kind of clips of it over the years, but when it came out, the rap on it was like, oh, it's like digital kind of candy. It's just sort of garbage. Like it looks, you know, it's like too overwhelming and there's nothing really beyond the visuals. But like cinephiles and like, you know, the the... Wachowski heads out there have been beating the drum for this thing for years. It's like, this is kind of like a secret masterpiece. So I'd long wanted to watch it. It's streaming on HBO max right now. I threw it on. I was like, sabbatical. John is, is a guy who throws on movies whenever I was like, God, this is great. I love it. So yes, the visuals are amazing, but maybe it sort of took like the culture, like time to catch up with where their vision was at, where like mm. at the time, maybe it was overwhelming and now it just looks really cool. I think, um, 
so anyway shout out to a 15 year old movie that i think rules uh speed racer <laughs> chowskis are great go check it out and my immediate thought was like i want to watch this right away on drugs again so <laughs> perhaps i will throw down on some edibles and do a speed racer commentary for you at some point <laughs> maybe that's a patreon we can both down some uh, gummies and watch speed yes, racer together into that um, love anyway, that great movie um yeah. I will give you a brief Mario review as long as Please. we're in movie corner here. Please do. Uh, I would say uh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Like it, it was fun. It it, it breezed by. There was nothing to uh, offend me in the way of many kids' movies where I'm just like, Ugh. like it's fun enough. Uh, it's not really like a story as much as it's like. Oh, I know what we'll do. Uh, they'll take the Rainbow Road. Yeah, they'll take that over to Donkey Kong and he'll do the Donkey Kong thing and then they'll go over here. It's just like a collection of like, you know this thing that happens from the games, which is like fun to see. And I'm not asking right. for it to be like an amazing piece of storytelling or anything, but it's not really like so much a story as is just, you know, a collection of those different things. But it's fun to say, I wanted to see Rainbow Road and see them turn around. I wanted to see like Luigi getting scared by some skeletons. I wanted to see, yeah. you know, Donkey Kong pounding the ground and all that stuff. So I think it, I think it delivers. My kids had a great time. Milo said it was the best movie he's ever seen. So <laughs> that's his review. It's a good time. I think with as much lore as there is for Mario, I would think yeah. there would be more, more stuff to mine for that. Yeah. They could have come up with something a little more compelling, I think. Um, and Chris Pratt is not, uh, you know, as good as he is in the Lego movie. Uh, all the all the all the jokes about Pratt as Mario aside, not not the most inspired choice in the long run. But they do kind of do a cute thing where, you know, no spoilers, but the movie literally opens with them doing a, a commercial for them as the Super Mario Brothers like plumbing service in Brooklyn. And they sing the song from the old Super Mario show of our youth, like the Hell cartoon yeah. song where it's like, Well, you hooked on the brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um so the thing that the brothers, the brothers, the brothers, which is great. Um, yes. And in the commercial, he's like, "Hey, it's a me, a Mario, called the Super Mario Brothers." And then after the commercial, he's like, "Do you think it was the right call for me to use that accent?" So they like kind of acknowledge it in sort of a cheeky way. It would be sort of yeah. weird if he spent the whole movie being like, "Wee, let's go, okay, Luigi," you know, like. But it is kind of weird to just hear Chris Pratt being like, "Ah, oh, what do you think, Peach?" I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah. on the whole, it's fun. Uh, you know, I told the boys about the Super Mario movie, which I famously wanted to see immediately after <laughs> watching the first time from the early 90s. And I was like, right. you guys know there's a Super Mario movie that exists already, right? And they were kind of like, I think you told us about that. <laughs> like, they weren't really too into it. And we watched <laughs> the trailer and they were like, uh, maybe we'll watch it. I don't know. It's like, that that movie's very strange. So It's also very dark it's very dark it's more like literally tone wise yeah yeah very strange movie uh they weren't necessarily excited to throw down on it but you what you can accuse that movie of doing is not having an interesting story they they, they had a story there even though it was sort of incomprehensible but anyway <laughs> uh and any other winners to shout out here charlie bliss hell yeah muna cursive mm. pedro uh then you know of course taylor later in june Oof, yeah uh the bad time records ska show happening yeah in july so there's oh, lots yeah. of good music to come lots to report also do have a handful of losers out there but mm. i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling you know it's been it's been tough out there for your boy uh mm. 
I'd, I'd like to I'd like to remain positive. I'd okay. like to uh, at least for now skip some losers unless sure. you want to unless you uh, want to. I'm going to briefly shout out some losers. Not to end us on a bad note, just to be like, as we're recording tonight. Yes. Uh, the losers are the Tennessee. <laughs> Oh my Republican God. led house, uh, which just expelled three members for, um, in their words, inciting an insurrection. In oh reality, so- speaking out of turn in support of the protesters who'd been filling the Capitol in the streets for weeks, asking them to do anything about gun, about violence. gun violence and the recent shootings in Nashville, which were horrible. Um, you know children murdered not to get too dark but like uh you know perhaps that that might move the needle but nope instead uh when anybody tries to do anything they are literally removed from the legislature so this was uh three 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 democratic members who were like voted on to be expelled they ended up only expelling two of them and go figure the two that were expelled were the black ones so two of them were young men of color the other was a white woman she ended up being able to stay on what they'll have to do now is special elections and they'll probably win again because they actually represent the most populous areas of the state. Uh, you know, the cities where people are asking them to do something versus all these old white guys who are in charge of the supermajority yeah. deciding to just straight up remove people when they don't agree with what they're doing now. So a terrifying uh, state of things that probably suggests for other supermajority run states that this is the new move is just like, Fascism. We don't like what you did. Yeah, aka fascism. We don't like what we did, so we're gonna just remove you from the legislature. That um, and the media. Right. Um, yeah, just really scary and awful. And you know, America is the ultimate loser in this loser lounge because of yep. our inability to do anything about gun violence. But yeah, it's really reflected in this microcosm pretty perfectly because it's like the reason that we can't do something is not because of lack of will of the people who have continued to just line the streets and line the right. capital every day there people pleading to do anything and just right. the indifference of you know these uh, white guy republicans who are in charge and just refuse to do absolutely anything about it um yeah we were talking about bobby g earlier boy robert yes. gay who yes. is in nashville and has been directly affected by um that incident i don't know if he necessarily wants me to talk about it but he's been in the news and stuff related to it so i might as well say it but that he I, I think he was i think one of the women who was murdered had been his teacher at some point mm-hmm. i think that's correct um so he has a very personal connection to it and he's been very active in the streets at the capitol in these protests and just hearing you know the the, the pleas from people in this community and you know we, you know colorado a frequent place a lot of five iron members have talked to us about this and, and right. people there are just like this it's not stopping and it continues to just be enraging and heartbreaking the, the level of inaction that is met with these incidents um so anyway i don't want to end us on a bummer note just to say really scary thing happening just as we're recording so i wanted to mention just absolute losers yeah. there um and that's yeah. All I'll say about that. Can't we can't uh we don't want to ban weapons of war, but no. drag queens truly, oh, yeah. truly the most uh dangerous thing yeah. books, happening in America. Any books, Book? you oh, know, man. talking about you know, consent in school or whether people might not fit on the trans male, people female existing. spectrum. 
yeah it's just i mean it's such an obvious case of like oh we're gonna focus away from what the problem is by naming this new boogeyman there's always a new scapegoat there's always wokeism which is nothing nothing so uh continuing bleak and uh scary times for this country um yep n- nothing new uh for us but um you know i'm trying to uh jenny and i are talking about ways to you know in her words uh do something instead of do do nothing so uh yep. we're trying to set up some meetings with uh you know at least in our state um our representative and our two senators are very much on board with um trying to vote again on an assault weapons ban uh, the house already passed that last year obviously in senate is reluctant to do it because they won't get it passed because they need 60 votes, which means nine Republicans and they won't get them. So, but, you know, just, I want to keep in touch with our representatives to be like, Hey, you might not get to vote on this, but like, can you keep talking about this all the time and talking about how important it is that we try to do something, how like, you know, just wild it looks for the rest of the world to look at us and be like, why are you not doing anything? So anyway, um, that's all bad, but What's good is my friendship with you. Yes. Talking about <laughs> these winners. John Wick you saying, yeah, there. me moving up there. Uh, lots of lots of things to celebrate. So for sure. Hey, man, there's nothing I like more than talking about the highs and lows of our yes. weeks and our lives. Uh, and it feels really good to be just back here uh, bullshitting with you again. Absolutely. Um, we We have more to come soon. Uh, more you know, proper episodes with albums and interviews and all that. But felt like we owed it to the Magpod Nation to review your thoughtful thoughts together. So thank you as always for always sending those in. Uh, yes, anything we'll get you back wanna... into a better better rhythm there. Yeah, going yeah. forward, we will. We we won't uh, segment them off for months at a time. But uh, <laughs> yes, anything you want to want to close with before we close things out this week? Uh. You know, I I would just say, may your um, khaki boners be stiff. <laughs> Perfect. Um, you know, <laughs> I didn't mean to pressure you into a side up or anything. I just wanted. Was there anything else you wanted to get to? No. All right. No, I think think this is a, a good app to um, just kind of get us back into this rhythm. Yeah. And you know, we have uh, some episodes coming up with some mm. more interviews and some mm. more uh artists that um you know that aren't new to us right so that that will kind of get back into more familiar territory for your boys indeed uh about to spoil that in a second here Ooh. um well please keep the voicemails the emails the voice memos coming we love hearing them. We love how thoughtful you all are and have been for years. And we appreciate hearing the ways that our uh, experiences have resonated for you and that you felt similarly about. And it just means a lot to always um, hear from you all. So keep it up. And you can share your thoughts at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Follow and subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. Give us a rating or review. We'll read your Apple Podcast review on the show. You can email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763-8727-MAGPOD. 
you can support us at the Patreon at patreon.com slash magnified pod. We'll be doing some stuff again soon, we promise. Uh, and you can pick up some season four merch at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Thanks to Small Step Records for sponsoring us. Go to smallsteprecords.com to learn more. Thanks to Shadow Producer Jason and Bruno at Unoriginal Vinyl for our artwork. Well, I think you hear the voice of the spirit begging us to shut the fuck up. We'll be back to try to make you go astray next week when we'll discuss Floating World by Anathalo. Baby. Yes, um, I have numerous anecdotes about seeing them the first time I saw them, who I saw them with mm. uh, when I saw them. And mm. yes, That's I'm a good tease. I'm really excited to get into them because they were a band that the first time I they were the first band that this is yeah this is a little uh little tease for those who listen to the very very end of the episodes mm-hmm. um yeah they were one of the first bands that like blew my mind outside of this uh my experience of just pretty much straight ahead punk rock yeah or like metal or whatever but that music could be so much bigger yeah and and like not just the music itself but what they were doing on stage with yeah. the instruments and totally. yeah it so i'm really excited to get into that can't wait to get into it we both love anathala we both have pretty deep connections to them um but yeah just listening to these little snippets we've been of their yeah. songs in preparation was like oh my god i love this so much <laughs> i cannot wait to get into this so yeah uh, these won't be episodes where we're like, I don't know, it's kind of fuzzy, weird. I'm checking out. These will be ones where we're like, and then this thing happens, and then this thing happens. <laughs> so I hope others are are as pumped as we are about this on a yeah. dollar run. Yeah. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.